0: On today's wrestling news, there's an update on the Vince McMahon lawsuit as a former WWE talent considers legal action. There's also an update on potential plans for LA Night at WrestleMania 40. A fourth-generation wrestler makes their NXT debut, and there's a health update on Steve Mongo McMichael. Hello, and welcome to the wrestling news. Here, the solo Sunday news at What Culture Wrestling. Myself, Andrew Pollard. I hope you well. I hope you good. I'm a little bit rasping my voice. Too much shouting at the football, but come on the town! Nice little win there. I will happily take that. Right into wrestling, and uh, there's some new developments. I should probably say a a warning here, a trigger warning, because um, this whole Vince McMahon lawsuit, of course, has uh, lots of horrendous allegations involved in it. But there's a slightly uh, a slight update here on this ever de- oh, ever developing situation. Um, so having been forced to resign in disgrace for a second time following allegations of sexual, physical, and emotional abuse by former WWE employee Janelle Grant, and there's now some further details. On the Vince McMahon lawsuit. Um, alongside McMahon, John Laurinaitis, several unnamed WWE executives, and a former WWE World Champion and former UFC fighter who the Wall Street Journal identifies as Brock Lesnar uh, were all referenced in this lawsuit. Since then, John Laurinaitis has moved to distance himself from Vince McMahon, with Laurinaitis's attorney calling him a victim of Vince McMahon's. Uh, now, Laurinaitis was believed to have had some sort of golden parachute. This is a report from Fightful Select, um, who note that John Laurinaitis was viewed as Vince McMahon's four guy. Since the summer of 2022. Now, this golden parachute that was, that basically meant that he was going to be taken care of financially. However, once the possibility of charges being filed against Laurenitis became a reality, that was uh, that was a turning point for the relationship between John, John Laurinaitis to turn on Vince McMahon. And uh, now, since being named in Janelle Grant's lawsuit, Laurinaitis' lawyer Edward Brennan has stated how, despite WWE denying all knowledge of the accusations, that WWE upper management were well aware of Ashley Massaro's claims that she was drugged and sexually assaulted during a 2006 WE PR tour of Kuwait military bases, and uh, that was by a U.S. Uh, Army doctor. Was the, was the allegations of the time. And now, uh, a WWE source has since told Fightful how John Laurinaitis thinks he's doing himself favors by saying management knew and proper WWE protocols were followed, but that too many things happened there under his watch. Uh, in addition to this, Fightful has spoken to one former WWE talent who is weighing the options of telling their own story, either through the media or by taking legal actions. And obviously the identity of that person, of that that former talent, has not been revealed yet, has not been made public, as as it, it's, it should not be until that person is ready to come forward, either legally or they want to tell a story, as mentioned, through the media. As for the unnamed WWE executives uh, referenced in this lawsuit from Janelle Grant, um, the identity of those is said to remain a mystery to many within WWE. Uh, however, one high up WWE source told Fightful that they're under the impression one of those executives had long been gone from WWE. So there's just a, a little bit of an update on this developing situation, uh, which is just uh, continues to be obviously horrific. Uh, and, and I'm sure that what well, there will be a lot more to come in the, uh, the coming months months weeks years who knows with with these sort of uh, lawsuits how they they, they drag on and, and more stories more things come to light so just a little bit of an update on that situation uh and now moving from that to a slightly more lighter topic of la knight and his potential wrestlemania plans now this also comes from Fightful select this comes from sean ross sap doing a, uh, QA mailbag where he was asked outright whether we might see logan paul versus la knight at wrestlemania 40 and the response was. That was the plan. I don't know if it still is the plan, but that was discussed at one point. So you're telling me there's a chance? Now, this is a match that a lot of fans have kind of speculated could be happening at WrestleMania. There are certainly seeds there to go back to if you did want to do that match. Um, But I think even if LA Knight versus Logan Paul doesn't happen, if those initial plans, those initial discussions have have maybe changed, at least the positive thing here is that WWE are looking at a significant role for LA Knight at WrestleMania. Because, I mean, whoever has the Logan Paul match, any Logan Paul match, that's a big deal to WWE that's a big deal to the mainstream because Logan Paul love him or hate him he brings eyes to WWE he's a very big deal I haven't got too much time for the whole social media shizness and all that stuff and some of the stuff that you hear from what he did on some of his his, uh, YouTube stuff when he's getting going is like sounds pretty horrific I'll be honest Um, but he brings eyes to whatever he does and in this case to WWE and whichever match he's in so whoever would be put into that That means WWE is looking at them as like, yeah, okay, we trust them. That's a big deal. Now, Logan Paul, LA Knight, they have uh, interacted on WWE TV before. I think it was in the the lead-up to, what, Money in the Bank last year. Uh, And now both of them, they have qualified for the men's chamber match at Elimination Chamber next weekend. So if you wanted to get to WrestleMania and have Logan Paul versus LA Knight, you could easily springboard into that with whatever happens at the chamber. So, yeah, I mean, there's also the kind of the rogue element of like AJ Styles would this because you I mean easily you could do this as like a three-way match at Wrestlemania with a US title on the line um, or you could just pivot off and do LA Knight and AJ Styles at Wrestlemania you could do Logan Paul and, and LA, LA Knight at Wrestlemania there's just there's some options there in play um for me it's like I'm I'm kind of intrigued by AJ Styles's role at Mania because right now it's like it's you could very easily see him against LA Knight, but then you could also very easily see him off the card, which sounds absolutely crazy because AJ Styles, at least not called the Phenomenal One for no reason. Uh, now, switching gears down to NXT. I don't know why I'm doing that in the LA Knight voice, but there we go. It's um, It's three syllables, brother. So NXT. Brogan Finley has made his debut for NXT. That came on Friday at a live event in Tampa, Florida, where he took on Charlie Dempsey. Now, Brogan Finley, in case you're unaware, is the 21-year-old son of Fit Finley. Charlie Dempsey, of course, is the son of William Regal. And Fit Finley and William Regal, so many names come up with Fit Finley, William Regal, longtime rivals, many, many brutal wars over the years across the world. So that's just in itself is quite a cool thing that he's making his NXT debut against Charlie Dempsey. And I mean, you could have those guys having, carrying on the family tradition of just beating the absolute tar out of each other. Um, now, not just is Brogan Finley second generation, though, he's actually a fourth-generation wrestler. So, obviously, the son of Fit Finley, the grandson of Dave Finley Sr., the great-grandson of both William Finley and John Liddell, and the brother, of course, of current Bullet Club leader, David Finley. So, um, there's a lot of family heritage there. There's, I mean, with that sort of heritage and, and that... Uh, that, that just brings pressure a little bit, and it's how you handle that. Some people thrive as a second, third, or in this case, fourth-generation wrestler. Others don't. I mean, I think Brogan Finney will be absolutely fine. Um, but for Brogan, he made his debut in April 2021, uh, worked for Action Wrestling, GCW, Black Label Pro, Beyond, and had a couple of matches for New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong as well. Um, now, he was part of a WWE tryout camp back in September, which that one... Memory serves, I think that was the same camp that had uh, Richard Holiday in it and Maddie Rinkowski. Uh, now Maddie's been signed and has since appeared on NXT as Oh Ren 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 Ren, Ren. Sinclair. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, as for Richard Holiday, he did not sign with the company, which uh, to me he's one of the the, the great. He was one of the great free agents out there. Um, I believe he might have re-signed with MLW. I know he's been he's back there, but yeah. Anyway, regards to that. Yes, uh, Brogan Finley was part of the trial camp in September. Was signed in December, and here we are in February. As if I had to check the the calendar on my on my laptop then to say that this is February. Of course it's February. But anyway, he's maybe maybe his debut on for day in February, and who knows when he'll be on TV. But it's just cool to see another Finley cracking skulls, uh, obviously on a platform now as under the WWE banner. um now uh just wrapping things up as well in terms of news because there are some questions which i will get to my throat is feeling very very raspy (laughs) i'm apologizing and there's a health update on Mongo McMichael and Steve McMichael. Um, now, in case you, you missed it, he was hospitalized last week due to a urine. Well, what turned out to be initially it was thought to be pneumonia. Then it was um, revealed to be a urinary tract infection. Uh, and the family of Steve McMichael provided a health update uh, on the uh, the Pro Football Hall of Famer and former WCW United States champion. Now, this was posted on X by Jarrett Payton, who's the son of Mongo's uh, Chicago Bears teammate, Walter Payton. Uh, and McMichael has undergone a blood transfusion and and Mercer as as well, has Mercer. So, um, as the update here, I'll actually read it for you from the Mick Michael family. So, Steve's currently getting a blood transfusion. Has Mercer. We are asking for your prayers to get Steve through this difficult time. Steve, his family, and close friends believe in the power of prayer. Thank you. Um, now, back in April, I think it was of 2021, uh, Stephen Michael announced he'd been diagnosed with ALS, uh, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, now, Mongo had a hugely, hugely successful. I'm not. I'm no NFL connoisseur, but I, I, I knew of Steve Michael, <laughs> Stephen Michael before. The wrestler side of things, just because he had this hugely successful career with mainly with the Chicago Bears, where he won Super Bowl 20, I believe it was. Uh, that's what uh, the internet told me this morning. Um, but but yes, uh, that was from 81 to 93, I believe, with the Chicago Bears, of course, appeared at WrestleMania 11 in the main event there, where he's ringside as Lawrence Taylor took on Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, and then the following, well, it wasn't even the following year. No, it was later that year. He joined WCW as part of the broadcast team for what was WCW Nitro, and that was the big launch for it. And then the following year after that in 1996 the great american bash made his in-ring debut where he turned on kevin green to join the horsemen uh yes so um yeah there was a, a solid in-ring career there for, for Stephen michael uh towards the, uh, the end of the 90s the second half of the 90s won the united states championship from i believe it was from jeff jarrett and then dropped it to kurt hennig um but but yeah regardless of the, the rest and regardless of the, uh, the football career just uh, lots of well wishes to uh, to mongrel this time and to his family um, right, now let's get on to some questions to wrap this up on a lighter note. Where are we? Mark Sal got in touch. There we go. Always, As always on a Sunday, send me a picture of your pets. It puts a smile on my face when I'm very raspy-throated and, and tired for some reason. But uh, Mark's got in touch with a picture of Apollo looking great in a cap. Uh, and one Andrew, thoughts on what AW wrestlers, male and female, who could become belt collectors? I'd say Daniel Garcia, Nyla Rose, send them to New Japan for Wrestling, ROH, Unify with AW titles, TNA and other promotions to help them as well. Apollo says hi. Hello Apollo, uh, I I don't know, I don't really, I think that the belt collector thing, I I don't really, I'm not a fan of it these days, I mean what I think of belt collectors, the first one that comes to mind is Ultimo Dragon, where he had just like 86 championships at one point it felt like, uh, but I don't know, I, I don't know in terms of tying up, especially if you're talking mainstream promotions, so if you're talking AEW, someone to have a title from AEW, from New Japan, from ROH. Uh, from tna and other promotions i don't think you want to tie up so many titles for those promotions on just one person because it's hard for that person to maintain a presence on your tv regularly if they're your champion uh, whichever about that is uh, and I, I don't know in terms of if you're looking at kind of AEW wrestlers specifically uh, and the the idea that it would help other promotions i don't think it would um we've seen when AEW has used other talents, obviously there's, there's the stuff going on at the moment with CMLL, and we'll see how that goes when Bullet Club go, Bullet Club? Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a swerve, Bullet Club are coming to but when Blackpool Combat Club go to Mexico to CMLL, uh, we'll see how that goes. But for the most part, for me, I feel like when AEW has used wrestlers from other promotions or championships from other promotions, not really benefited that other promotion too much yes it was kind of cool to see kenny omega as a tna champion uh back in well the impact champion uh, and, and in impact wrestling that was kind of cool but did it make too much of a difference to, to impact not really it was just a way for kenny to say look i've got another promotions title great um i just i don't know yeah i i especially when it comes to WWE, i just think that what really when you look at the the crossovers with with new japan yes you have your spin door shows but mostly it's kind of it's, I wouldn't say it's not a one-sided relationship, but it's very heavily favoured towards AEW rather than the other companies. um And you can argue that AEW is a bigger company in New Japan in terms of the reach it has. So there is the added line like that comes from New Japan in that case, or an ROH or a TNA. But yeah, I just I don't I'm not I'm not for that one. I mean, if I was going to pick somebody, if I had to pick somebody to be a uh, a bell collector from the AEW roster, I mean Daniel Garcia is as good a pick as anybody, or I mean. Brian Danielson would be that would be a very that would be a, a that one would actually have my interest uh, as, as for somebody on the female side of things Serena Deep. I'd have Serena Deep just go around cracking skulls, taking titles if I had to have somebody take belts from other promotions uh, Right next question where are we let's uh, have a little nose Howie Potter's got in touch <laughs> with a cat sleeping fantastic this is my flatmate remy remy looks fantastic howie thanks for sending that in uh, his favorite thing to do besides napping is to watch the solo sunday news with me well that's nice to know thank you very much now that Bron braker signs to smackdown do you reckon i'll strap a rocket to his back how soon till he wins his first championship um it's an interesting one right now because I mean, if, if we are looking purely at SmackDown, Braun Breaker is not going to be going for the, the, the world title, the Universal, uh, undisputed WWE Universal Championship anytime soon, that's going to be tied up with Roman Reigns and possibly Ro- uh, Cully Rhodes, we'll see. So then you look at United States title, and right now it looks like the match for Logan Paul, as mentioned, could well be LA Knight at WrestleMania. So that doesn't, that kind of, in terms of strapping a Rocky team straight away and taking the title, that kind of takes them, both of those titles, off the, the table for now. And I think with Braun, you could just have him smash through fools because while I'm sure a lot of you watch NXT and I watch NXT and I've seen how great Braun Breaker is, there's a lot of people who don't watch NXT and I've only seen the the small bits we've seen of Braun on the main roster, which is like literally what a, a handful of appearances so far, um, there was that match he had with Dolph Ziggler on, on the Raw. Was that after WrestleMania? I, I can't even remember. But yeah, and then obviously there's the Raw Rumble. There's the, the recent appearance he's had on SmackDown and briefly on Raw. So yeah, there's a lot of people who aren't familiar with Brock... Brock... With Brock Breaker? With Brock Breaker. So you need to introduce him to those audience that, that aren't aware of him and just have him smash through fools. Just show a little kind of couple of minute matches, five minute matches maybe, of what he's all about. That explosive power, that aggression, that speed. Um, The dude's a freak athlete. So I think... He will get clearly his moments to shine. He will get lots and lots of titles in the future. He will get WrestleMania main events. But I think for now, I don't think he'll be getting a a, a title uh, straight away in that sense. And I think if he was, I think he would have been put on Raw. And I think he would have if they were gonna go that route with him uh, and go all in and just strap the rocket to him, as you said there, Howie, I think he would have I think he would have gone and, and beaten Gunther at some point. But obviously they put him on SmackDown. So I think there's gonna be a slightly slower build, and I I'm all for it. Hector see the Third's got in touch. Happy solo Sunday. Happy solo Sunday to you, Hector. Um, I don't know if it's solo, but happy Sunday to you. Anyway, uh, take into consideration all WrestleManias. If you're making a WrestleMania card and you can only select one favorite in each category of men's title match, women's title match, tag team title, IT title, US title, and one non-title related match, what are they? These are the sort of questions I love. I love all the questions. Um, but yeah, uh, so I, basically if I construct a, a mini WrestleMania card with We've got a world title match, a women's title match, a US title match, an IC title match, a tag match, and a non-title match. From the history of Wrestlemania, are we talking? Uh, huh. Whoa, that's a lot to play with. Right, I think, I think I'm think i going to start with the obvious one. If we're going to go for the incontinental title, it's my favorite match of all time, so it has to be on there. I'm going to go Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper at Wrestlemania 8. That's, that one's there. That one's done, boxed off. In terms of a non-title match, see, Brett versus Owen, but I, I'm not going to double-butt Brett Hart, and I'm not going to, I'm going to stay away from my worst instincts of just picking a bunch of Brett Hart matches, which is a fantastic instinct to have, to be honest. But no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, Brett, Brett and Piper are there, so in terms of a non-title match, I mean, it's going to have to be, it has to be, because it makes me cry like a baby every time I watch it, even to this day. It's going to have to be uh, the macho king, well, the macho king as he was then. Uh, Randy Savage versus the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 7. Retirement match, Macho Man, well, he becomes Macho Man at the end. Reunites with Miss Elizabeth, who saves him from a beating from Sensational Sherry. Everybody cries in the audience. I cry at home watching it. It's, uh, yes. Yeah, so the non-title match will be Warrior versus Randy Savage. Although a special shout out to Edge and Mick Foley from, was that WrestleMania 22 where that was just a bonkers match. So yes, we got, we got Brett versus Piper. We got Warrior versus Savage. Um, the women's match, I'm going to go if that. That's pretty straightforward for me as well. There's been some great women's matches, especially in, in recent years, obviously, of course. But I'm going to go Bianca Balevas, Sasha Banks, rest of me, 37, uh, headline night one. Just, again, emotion there. The emotion of those two stood I'm going to some stone on that. Um, yeah, the emotion of those two just stood there, taking in the moment, struggling to contain their emotions. It just, yeah, there we go. I'm doing like a rock thing. I'm, I've seen the rock gimmick, it, brother. But yeah, so that one gets on there for me. Tag team match. Last year's main event, of course, in night one was pretty darn special, Uh Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Usos. You've got the Edge, Christian, Dudley boys, Hardy boys matches from what, WrestleMania what, 2000, not WrestleMania 16, that'd be two, it's WrestleMania 2000, and 17. Heart Foundation and the Nasty Boys is a special place in my heart, WrestleMania 7, uh, essentially the end of the Heart Foundation, that iteration of it. In terms of big time, I mean, WrestleMania 1, it's not the greatest of matches, but Hulk Hogan, Mr. T versus Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. That's that. That was what. That's what got things off to the races. Um, Bulldogs versus Dream Team as well. WrestleMania two. I think a tag match. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a car cat car crash chaos at WrestleMania seventeen. The Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys versus Edge and Christian. Uh, where else? What else was there? The men's title match. Ric Flair, Randy Savage, WrestleMania eight. That was that was another belter. Um, Kurt Angle versus. Eddie Guerrero, WrestleMania 20, the Seth Rollins cash in. That was that was a massive moment. The 31, the the whole Brian versus Kofi at 35, Brian at 30, the Triple Threat with Batista uh, and Randy Orton, Austin and Rock 17. I'm gonna go Ric Flair and Randy Savage. No, I'm not because I've already got Randy Savage working the Warrior. Oh no! So I, again, I can't double book. So in that case. I'm gonna go Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania 35. Just ed- edging out Eddie versus Angle at 20. So Bianca versus Sasha, Brett versus Pipe of the IC title. Edge, Christian, Hardys, Dudleys at WrestleMania 17. Um, Brian versus Kofi. Is that it? Is that it? Have we got oh, US title? The United States title. I, there's not that many that have been like top top draw exceptional matches. Riddle versus Sheamus at 37 was quite meaty and snug. So that's, that's in there. And Chris Benoit MVP had a really good match at some point. Um, Jericho and Kevin Owens at 33. i I think I'm probably going to go with that. It's it's not, like I said, it's not an amazing, amazing match. There's not really been any like top, top level US title matches, but I'm probably going to go with that one with Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho from 33. Although we all know that belt should have been for the Universal title. Well, that match should have been for the Universal title. So yeah, that, that does take away from it. But that's a great question, Hector. It's a question that's taken up loads of time. So apologies for that rambling and apologies to whether to Ryan. Uh, now, I think that is it. That brings an end to the Solo Sunday news. Uh, oh, we do have a quick, I've just seen I was about to log off from Andy McManus got in touch. Uh, what's his question? Happy Soul Sunday. Hope you're well. You're working for WWE and you have been put in charge of who's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. What would be your criteria for potential wrestlers and tag teams to be included? Um, just, I think it's the impact of the business. I think it's the the run that they had, the length of, of time there, the tenure, uh, not just in WWEs And you just take, just take into account the, the length of the, the work presented. Uh, the impact on the business, the influence on the business, the, the match quality does come into it, but also the selling tickets. Selling tickets, selling merchandise, drawing money, because that is what the professional wrestling business comes down to a lot of the time. Uh, well, it does, that's the brass tacks. We we can all get excited about Dave Meltzer giving 26 stars to a match, but if it draws, if it doesn't draw any money, it does not matter. In in the, the business brass tax of things, of course it matters to fans, and that's great. But yes, so I think you look at how whether somebody was a draw, how they impacted their time in the business uh, and what came after it. Um, yes, there is uh, obviously clearly a case for match quality. Uh, and I just think, yeah, that's that's my um, quickly wrapping things up there. Cause that was the end of the Soul Sunday News and that question dropped in. So thanks for that question, Andy. Hopefully that uh, that covers that one, but I have an Andrew Pollard here. at What Culture wrestling. This has from the Soul Sunday News. Uh, have a great rest of your day, whatever you're doing. And I will not be back next Sunday. I'm actually off, so somebody else will be here. I'm not sure who or well, what, the, what the crack is, but yes, I'll catch you later. Have a great week.